This is Speak Your Peace, sharing the opinions of your coastal neighbors on today's pressing regional issues. Well, my name is Victoria Velasco, and I am from El Salvador, and I've been living in Wilmington since 1992 for about 28 years. I have two businesses. Uh, One is uh, the magazine, Vida Familia Latino magazine. Due to COVID-19, I saw the need of my Latino community needing to have access to resources and also that uh, the agencies providing uh, information in vital resources were not being sensitive to this community. And it was uh, very targeted to audiences that spoke and read English and had access to internet and had access to resources. I saw that I could be that bridge, bringing resources to the Latino community and also letting the agencies know what the need in the Latino community was and how they were not meeting that need. Um, There are a lot of resources and information, but they're all in English. Today, I have signed a stay-at-home order for the entire state of North Carolina. You know, when the governor was giving the executive orders, and even though it was translated into Spanish, um, it took a while. It didn't really reach our communities here in the southeast um, in Spanish in a way that it was understood. This order directs you to stay home unless you need to leave for essentials, such as your job, food, medicine, outdoor exercise or to help someone. But it's a very complex document. You really have to be a high school level reader. And so, you know, just handing out the executive order would have not worked. The majority of the Latino community who have uh, already language barriers, but also literacy barriers. Even the local counties, none of those information is translated into Spanish. I've seen campaigns from both political parties and third parties trying to reach the English-speaking population, but in my corner, not that many. Not Democrats, not Republicans, especially Republicans, are not really trying to reach the Latino vote with all these stereotypes as the undocumented population. We're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. But the reality is that even though we have undocumented people within our communities, There are many who are U.S. citizens and U.S. residents, and there are also families who are mixed, who have an undocumented person within their family. As an example, the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economy Security Act, the CARES Act. Historic relief package for this pandemic. That excluded undocumented workers. That excluded mixed families. The leadership in those counties are so out of touch. That makes their policies and what they create instead of helping the community, it it just hurts them. Approximately 200 arrests across the state uh, of North Carolina. Uh, 50 were ICE fugitives. There are two counties, as far as I know, in the Southeast that have contracted with ICE. And I'm going to say, yes, there are uh, criminals, like in every other community, within the Latino community. You know, people that we don't even want to be associated with, right? But you know what? When I contracts with the counties, the counties are deporting essential workers, fathers who are supporting U.S. citizen children, mothers that then these kids go into the system. Now, if let's say we have a a woman suffering domestic violence in a community, she's not going to call 911. 
because she knows she might be deported. And so creates, it reinforces this distrust with the people who are supposed to be protecting you. We are also thought of as non-taxpayers, but that's not a reality. For example, the American Economy Organization published some information about this, and they say that in the last decade, $100 billion have been paid by undocumented immigrants as a surplus in the Social Security program. That also undocumented workers have paid $35.1 billion into Medicare trust fund just from 2000 to 2011. During 2018, undocumented immigrants paid $20.1 billion in federal tax contribution, $11.8 billion in state and local contributions. And so we are contributors, taxpayers, we are entrepreneurs, we are business owners. We have mixed families. We are American. We are patriotic. We love this country. And all that negative and false rhetoric has to be redefined by us because this is our story. This is who we are, but we are not defining who we are. Maybe we're not developing those relationships that we need to. Maybe we are not really getting close because we don't want to do that, that work that actually takes to fight this to me. It is important that I define who I am and I say my story because it took me 25 years to be a U.S. citizen. 25 years. That was a long time. And it's hurtful and it hurts our families and our communities. The Latino vote is important because of that. But I don't see the parties reaching out to us, acknowledging who we are. But we're here and we want to become Americans. We are Americans. My hope for the future is that those children that are Latino, that are diverse, you know, go to school, graduate, and they become leaders. That's important. We need leaders in our communities that are sensitive, who know their community, not just a certain part of the community, but their whole community. And I know we can do that once the Latino voter exercises that vote, because when we all do better, we all do better. Interested in being on Speak Your Peace? Visit shoresides.org for more information on how to work with us.